Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello again, beautiful star family, cosmic soul. We have a tremendous guest for you today. We have none other than the man, David Lombert Senapas, back on the podcast. And I'm so excited to have him back on. Um, I said that I spent two weeks with him in Maine. I went out to the North Carolina Biodome Project. And from everything that I saw, heard, and felt, I believe that David is 100% legit. He is absolutely phenomenal. He is the native elder of the Mi'kmaq Nation. He holds a lineage that's uh, apparently 20,000 years long. He was taught the first 27 years of his life by 600 different beings, uh, people on the planet, um, whatever that means as far as uh, the native tradition goes. But he is very special and unique. He has spent time with the Dalai Lama. He is as legit as it gets. He has interesting technologies that he wants to build and share. Um, the, the Biodome Project, that's what partially this one is about. I went out there to see it. I saw some other really fascinating technologies that he wants to, to bring to the world. Um, he has to do it in, in kind of a, a special and sacred manner. But um, all it requires is us for us to work together to, um, to want these projects and to to kind of support because uh, that's just kind of the way it works. So check out facebook.com forward slash star teachings and you could also go to lonebeararts.com um, I believe and you know you're going to see some of his arts but uh, really absolutely one of the most incredible individuals by far I've ever met and I'm actually going back out to Maine to be with him again because um, you know I've spoken to a few people about him and uh, you know I had him vetted by the smartest people I know and, and he's 100% legit from what we can see so we talk about the Biodome Project and what it does the pyramids stonehenges and other sacred sites what he believes about those the ancient copper scrolls and the information that he holds with those uh the star teachings and choosing kindness over judgment how to deal with death and suffering why we need more awareness and less distraction how to achieve what you want in life and why you may not be getting it david's thoughts on flat earth uh the message his nation received and the first contact here, uh, how to create peace on earth. And I've linked that in that first contact. So, you know, this goes into other worlds. This goes into the star teachings. This goes into, we are not the only ones here. Uh, I met the Zuni elder, um, when I was in Sedona and he said the same thing to me. Uh, his name's Clifford Mahudi and you can look him up. He said, it's the star people of the star nations. We indigenous cultures know this. This is, this is normal for us. This is our knowledge. And what did we do? We came in with our knowledge and raped and pillaged and destroyed, you know, half of those, even half, geez, more than that is a massive genocide. Um, so how do we know what they know? How do we know what they think? And uh, f- from what I've looked at, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal and, and no 
you know, not a lot of white people that I know believe it. They don't know it. And, um, you know, I'm seeing real proof. You can go on YouTube and you can look up um, Project Bright Star. If you go to Star Teachings on YouTube, I can link him in there. He has the world record for putting an unmanned balloon into space that has a chip on it that is <laughs> taking down signals and he's decoding them as part of like his job as the elder. So um, this is absolutely a ridiculously phenomenal episode. Uh, you know, he is amazing. You could watch it on YouTube. Check it out. Um, you know, he builds all of this stuff from basically nothing from donations and things and he's building extremely advanced incredible technology so if you want to help and you feel called to his message please reach out to them uh they will take you know the help that they can get because that's how they survive is completely on you know people wanting this technology wanting this information and it is you know the most gnarly information the most gnarly uh, potential that I've seen and I went there to Maine and I'm going back there again so I can't say enough good things I can't say how much more I support them so um, please reach out to those guys and support how you can and enjoy the crap out of this episode thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast if you want to support it the easiest way is to just leave a review so thank you CJJOZ who says an overflowing fountain of energy enlightenment and soul I'm so grateful for Matt, his wisdom, humility, hunger for knowledge, and openness for all things are why you should listen to his efforts. The people he carefully chooses for his interviews are meant to bring the highest vibrations to us. The amounts of energy and love he puts into his art form is inspiring. Much love, Matt. Appreciate you, brother, for for taking a moment to um, share that podcast review it inspires others to listen thank you for you guys supporting me on patreon if you you know support a dollar a month or or whatever you don't have to but if you feel like supporting um patreon's a great way to do it and i really really appreciate that for those of you guys who want some coaching just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and when you do it basically i'm looking for three types of people that i that i work with one is like you are ready to level up you want to learn about the art of creation the law of attraction um transformation you know, a lot of my clients end up leaving their jobs or starting businesses and have big life transformations and so i'm happy to do that if you're ready to commit to the work um the next level is like successful people and like ceos or business owners things like that they want to learn about the art of peak performance but also zen and how we combine those concepts to work and flow and also train your your organization and how to have this um you go from the old school competition to collaboration mindset to the appreciation mindset and you work as this amazing functional unit so any kind of business owners or ceos out there i can happily help with that and obviously athletes you guys know that so um you know if you know any athletes or coaches that'd be willing to get the zen athlete word out there then just send them a note and i'll happily send them all my stuff so they teach kids because that's what it's about and you know really this stuff is all about self-mastery um Thank you so much to my sponsor, Purium. Just go to bit.ly forward slash activate health and use that code and get a $50 gift card. You can use it on the CBD if you've never tried. I highly recommend checking out CBD. And they have other incredible products like the gut biome, everything for cleansing, energy, sleep, immune system, rejuvenation, sports. It's like the best non-GMO you know, supplements in the business from all my friends who really know food, they all recommend it. So that's kind of um, why I kind of got into it and, and allowed them to, you know, to, to get involved. And I think that's it. You know, we're going to get into this episode. Oh, time code, please. When you guys are listening to this and any other episode, when you get an aha moment, just snap a picture of that time code and share it with me on Facebook, share it on Instagram. And if you want to go a step further, write about uh, what 
what you learned and that's going to integrate the learning for you. It's going to inspire others to teach them what you learn. They're going to really get that information um, and it's going to get the word out about the podcast. And the last thing that I'll share um, with this one is if you want to do an act of kindness a day for 27 days, like Amanda Gates shared and David is about the actual actions of kindness. So even for a week, just one act of kindness, hold the door open, give a compliment, pay it forward, uh, get somebody's name. Um, just do anything. Just let somebody in in traffic. And if we could do that as a culture, as a species, we would, you know, create community and peace and collaboration a little bit more. So, um, yeah, that's it. So before we get into this, let's just make the firm commitment in this, in this meditation to be loving, kind, and compassionate to ourselves and to act that way in the world. So wherever you are, stop and take a deep breath in through your nose just connecting to the here and now moment, to your power as a being, to your inner voice and the connection of spirit. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries and all the thoughts of the day. Taking one more deep breath in through your nose and this time just connect to the decision that you're going to be loving, kind and compassionate to yourself to be your number one cheerleader, to be your number one supporter, just loving, kind and forgiving to yourself. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Just let that out with all the inner criticisms and self-doubt. Taking one more deep breath in through the nose and really just doubling down this firm commitment to be loving, kind, and supportive to yourself and to forgive yourself and just let this energy wash over you. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries and all the inner criticisms and all that old programming, letting it out. And now sending this supportive, positive energy to all beings on the planet. May they be loving, kind, and supportive to themselves so that they have the energy to be loving, kind, and supportive to others. And just see how that community would work. See yourself operating in this world, just being fully loving, kind, supportive to yourself and see how you'd vibrate and see how you just enjoy life and see how you'd be your number one teammate and know that you're good enough and realizing that you're the creator of that reality and it's just been conditioning to make you believe that that's not the truth and why you put yourself through suffering pain and depression just letting that go and just see all other beings being loving kind and supportive to each other and seeing us thrive as communities and as nations of the world just working together in collaboration on planet earth to build harmony, peace, coherence, abundance for all. So thank you so much for listening. I know you're going to enjoy that. This is another incredible episode with David Lone Bear Senapas. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a mathematician, engineer, spiritual scientist who holds the world record for putting unmanned balloons into space. He is a spiritual teacher and has met with some of the world's biggest leaders, including His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. He is the native elder and sagen of the Megabon Nation. Welcome back to the show, my friend, David Lombear Senapas. Good afternoon, Matt. How are you this uh, afternoon, this beautiful day? It's sunny where we are. We just come out of a snowstorm, and um, it's, I guess it's spring. And that's what you expect at Maine is like um, snowstorms to 80-degree weather. So we're here. Yeah, it's good, uh, it's good to see you again. It's the same here. It's the same here. I've been busy. I've uh, been working a little bit in the office and in the shop and 
trying to get some stuff done. Uh, my, my season's pretty busy. Uh, my, my schedule just filled up in the last couple of months. It's kind of hard to find to come back and work in the lab a little bit, but I'm spending the next couple of days here and hopefully get some things done. Amazing. Well, we're having this show again because I had the privilege and the honor to spend some time with you in Maine. Uh, what I witnessed and what I experienced and what I got to enjoy with the people and the projects was uh, mind-blowing. So I can definitely uh, say to everybody that you're the real deal working on some very interesting stuff. Um, you hold vast knowledge that I've never seen before. And one of the projects we're working on is the Biodome. And we meant to do a recording there. And we wanted to talk about what the Biodome was, um, where it came from, you know, what it's going to do. So uh, maybe we can start uh, with that. So if somebody's listened to the podcast before, they're going to know who you are. And so they can look all that up. There's some images and things like that. Um, but maybe you just want to launch into a little bit about what the Biodome is, what it's going to do. Uh, it's very fascinating. Oh, great. Uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, we enjoyed your visit. Uh, please come back. Um, my, my house is open to you. Uh, I enjoyed your company and uh, we had some really good discussions. So you have some questions that people didn't really know what to ask, but you seem like you knew what to ask. Uh, the biodome. Uh, the, uh, let me give a history on what the biodome is and where it comes from and what we're doing there. Um, part of uh, what the biodome does, um, we you have places on your earth that are uh, magnetically free. I don't know if you know what that is. It is when the um, uh, magnetic field is uh, doesn't have very many interruptions in it. And some people have a good feeling with that. It might be on a mountain, might be on the side of a hill. It might even be in your apartment, your house. Uh, but these do exist in your world. And there's a lot of them. But a lot of them is so out of place, it's hard to get to. Um, so over the period of 30 years that I've been working on resonators, and I'll explain what a resonator is in a second. Um, a resonator is a, a field, a magnetic field generator. It generates magnetic field, uh, depending what power you put into it. If it's um, 8 volts to 80 volts or 800 volts, it depends on what that field is. Our Earth uh, conducts a magnetic field around it, um, and it goes out thousands and thousands of miles out in space, and it's a force shield for our planet. It uh, deflects cosmic rays, it slows things down, and, and um, it brings meteors in, much as you don't realize it brings meteors in at an angle, so they don't come straight on. If they come straight on, they, they, they pop right through the atmosphere, but um, it slows them down a little bit, so that gives them time to burn up in the atmosphere. So that's what kind of what a magnetic field does for the Earth. Um, what does it do with the human being? Well, um, it puts us uh, in a good place. It uh, matches our, our gravity, so our magnetic field matches our Earth. So we're, you can say that we're one with our Earth with our magnetic field. Um, but there's, like I said, there's places on Earth that there's a magnetic free. It's not, it says they're not magnetic free, but it is it's not so distorted. And what the biodome does, it's it kind of like generates a, a um, inverted field, so that a lot of things that uh, that hit us, um, one of them is the EM wave, um, a couple other things that's going on in the world with magnetics is that, okay, we we're afraid of radio signals hitting us and, and uh, damaging us. Uh, this 
keeps most of the radio waves out. Um, sometimes it's hard to bring a cell phone in there because it's really taking them. Um, it's uh, not receiving the signal because a, mag a cell phone wave is magnetic part of electricity and it does hit us. The biodome, uh, we're doing an inverted field so we can be inside that um, uh, field and experience uh, the uninterruption of what spirit's trying to tell us. Of the influences out there right now, is, of course, is, uh, is what we're making, the, our cell phones, our technology, uh, lights, street lights, uh, car magnetic fields, uh, magnetic fields around us, radar. So this is really hard to understand what spirit's trying to tell us. Because we, are, we can process most magnetic waves, but it's hard to process the, the electrical magnetic wave that's uh, generated from a cell phone because it's in a binary code. So you have to know somewhat about binary code to understand what cell phone is. So, but spirit is a little bit uh, different code. It's a longer code, but our, that code is in our DNA. And we do have, we, we be able to translate that, no problem, if we can eliminate all the other waves. And the uh, uh, biodome is kind of doing that so that we can understand what that message is or not to, to, to try to figure out what the message is. And it's going to take a, a lot of people to do that in, a, in that because the message is so long. I might have a piece of A and you might have a piece of B and somebody has Z and everybody else, but we've got to figure out what that message is. And the biodome is helping us do that. Right now, the biodome is up uh, probably 20%. It's up to power. Um, it's not fully powered right up now. It's just enough to keep going. I can detect it from where I am. I'm well over 2,000 miles away from that, so I can pretty well detect that. So it is working. What's it doing? Uh, right now, just stabilizing a field. And that, that, that means it's, um, it's just working. It's, it's, it's receiving and transmitting a little bit. It's like a 9-volt battery um, transmitting a radio signal. It is detectable, but it's, you've got to have some sensitive equipment to detect it. So... On the construction of the biodome, uh, the, John Denver and his, his group put it together many years ago. Uh, they put it up to, for a big greenhouse, but uh, there's other things that's in there that we cannot explain. The, the aluminum is a little bit different than regular aluminum. It's not aircraft aluminum, but the aluminum is specially made for the, uh, the biodome. Uh, the, the biodome itself has a magnetic field uh, without any power generation. And that's through the um, aluminum that they use. They, they use a little bit of magnesium in the aluminum and, and another um, mineral. But it is generating field, and we're working now to uh, have a restoration. The outside, a lot of it's been cracked. There's fiberglass on it that's been um, broken and the wind and everything else. So we're starting to re repair that. And plus, we, we are right now that we're going to go back in a month or so to work on it again, and we're going to put another 10%, so it's going to be up to 30%. Hopefully that, and once it goes up to 30%, or no, 35%, uh, people are going to actually be able to tune into it, depending where they are. Um, I'm hopefully that, that once it goes up to 35%, it will be at least five to 6,000 miles radius. Um, depends on um, what that um, yields, um, because I was looking uh, the other day what it's doing right now. Uh, right now, it's a pleasant um, uh, feeling when you're inside that. You, you have a sense of calmness. Um, but then the crystals in that biodome has um, been 
worked with for while well, you've been there and you've seen what it does. Um, it's been um, precisely placed so that they react to each other. Uh, going back to work on it more, uh, we, we're going to have to put a control panel in there that has uh, more, uh, when I say control panel, more of a control panel that, that has the harmony of the universe sounds. And that's all broken up to different wavelengths so we can understand what we're doing and what we're saying. Spirit doesn't speak in English language. It speaks in a vibrational language. Like I said, the DNA that we have inside of us, we have the key to that vibrational language. Just be able to unlock that. And there's no one person, again, there's no one person that can um, understand that language. I, I can understand a little bit of it, but not all of it. Um, there's not one person on this earth that can uh, contain all that knowledge. But as a community and as um, a, a collective, that we can get most of this information and use it, actually use something from this information. Because spirit is trying to tell us something, uh, but we have the wrong antennas up, you know. Um, what is spirit really trying to tell us, you know, and that's part of the Biodome project is is to have a little more understanding of the universe and and understanding of um, what peace really means. And I think that's the project is going good. Of course, we always need financial help. Um, and we're going back down again in the month and then hoping that um, that we get a lot more work done on it. Uh, the work that I'm going to be doing on it next month is always pretty precise work. It's not going to be right now. I've been chipping and, and making room for different things in the stone, things like that. But the, the next work is is actually uh, using them. Uh, I don't want to call it electronics. Uh, more of the interworkings of of the the equipment. Uh, some of it that's harder to understand because it's not uh, a circuit. Uh, most of the things that we work with is light fibers and um, vibrational um, um, inverted waves. Uh, it's, um, it's almost like a, um, a satellite dish coming backwards, going backwards. So all the waves are coming in and we're sorting up the waves. And right now that we are being hit at the biodome, I, I had a chance to go through the data, at least 28,000 different waves uh, per minute. So there's a lot of information going there. And, and Hopefully, the next month that we're going to be able to receive some of that and, and store it and try, try to decipher what that means. So that's some of the things that we're doing, Matt. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, as I was just about to try to recap it all, and then my brain froze trying to, trying to take it all in. I was there, and it was amazing. And so I'm going to say some stuff and then try to formulate a question and just to kind of translate for people. So I went to North Carolina. I was in the Biodome. You can see it on my Facebook um, it's very interesting engineering. Um, this technology comes from the ancient copper scrolls, which is a part of your lineage. It's a part of what you're, you're responsible for as the native elder and the sage to have this. And part of it is technology. And so this is very fascinating technology that I got to learn about. And the way that I understood it is kind of like we're fish or maybe, yeah, we're fish in polluted waters. And we're actually dolphins and we can create sonar and, and maybe communicate across the planet. But right now what's happening is we have all these distorted signals. So we can't get the communications from Hawaii over to Australia, over to Canada or whatever. That's kind of how I wrap my mind around it a little bit. And um, so I guess the question is, once this thing is, is full on and you, you explain this a little bit, 
once it's fully active, what capabilities does it have and how does that help humanity? Um, I get this question quite a lot. And we've talked about this, um, what it does. Um, people ask me a lot about prayer. I said, how should I pray? What, what should I pray about? What is, what is prayer anyway? Usually prayer is that we're praying to something uh, out there. It's like, okay, is it a God? Is it a, a programmer? What, what are we praying? And we, most of us is praying for help. <laughs> it's like, okay, I need help. Um, and there's at least a couple of billion on this planet that pray. Where's that going? That's how, how is, you know, what's it have to do in our life and our path? So we have to think of, okay, that most of the time that we're praying to ourselves, uh, most of the time that we are out there and trying to figure out our path to our life, it's like, okay, you know, am I chosen to do anything? Um, I don't know myself. It's that we're our own self-prophecy, really, is that when we start praying, if we need help, we pray out loud, we, we will hear that and that is transmitted. And that's kind of what the biodome is doing, is that it amplifies those uh, thoughts and prayers of if even is not prayer. We, we pray for peace on earth. And I see this a lot on the internet and, and before the internet, I've seen um, people gathered in thousands for, to stop the wars and stop killing and stuff like that. How come we are not heard? You know, why, is, why is that not a big um, thing on our list to do? Is that I don't think we believe in peace the way that some people do. The people in our governments are people, just like you and I, uh, and and they're there for just the same reason that I'm at a biodome. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm working on a machine or a device that amplifies that thought. That thought could be angry. And I can't, you can't discern angry from, from happiness because that's really, you know, some people say, well, you should just turn happiness on. Well, happiness and anger is almost on the same wavelength. It's like three, three points off the wavelength. So it has to be finely tuned. But that, that tune that we do is that in, inside of us, is that we can be happy when we, we want to. And again, I said when we want to, not when somebody else makes us up. Nobody can judge my happiness. Nobody can make me happy. Is that energy that's inside of it. And the biodome eliminates some of those other stimulants on the outside that we can see that clearly. And if we're in that uh, inverted field, it's, it's going to be more clear to us. And... I, I'm not sure how many people we can fit in a biodome, but um, I know we had uh, at least 60 in there before, and and it did it did uh, affect them, and that's only at five percent. So can you imagine if this thing at 30 or even at 100 uh, percent affecting them? And, and and I think too that that we are it's only remember it's only a device. It's not a spiritual piece. It's only a device that, that, that will help us to see. That's the only thing that thing does. And that is one of many that's uh, been, um, uh, we're going to be building around that. There's one in Canada, uh, hopefully one in the Peace Village that, that's a lot bigger than this one. Um, but it, it will give a bubble so at least we can think clearly. And that's kind of what it narrows down to be because I was just kind of thinking what that question was. Okay, what does it actually do? Um, when I'm working on it, I, I know that. Uh, I know that I'm the engineer and the mechanic and the laborer and all the things of this. And, of course, that 
I can feel um, my things amplified. If I'm upset, it amplifies that. If I'm if I'm in peace, it amplifies that. If I'm happy, it amplifies that. So we have to realize that this is a device, and and it depends on what we want to do with it. You know, we want peace. Um, maybe that might be a, a device for peace, is that we can at least think about it and get it started. We're with a road of peace. This is not nobody in this earth is going to say, okay, let's get a million man march and march for peace. That's great, but what are you going to do the day after or the week after that? Do you march for those three days? We're going to have that peace. We should be marching every day. We want. We should be heading in that star of peace. Is uh, take step by step, and this is one of the steps to it. It's like um, I am not the best speaker in the world or best writer, so I can't write a book on peace and, and people read it. And mostly, just ten percent will read it anyway, and five percent might do something about it, and, and the one percent will be a peace. So here's this thing that we can all write a book if we wanted to, or be in peace at the same time. And that's a good path to, to, towards that direction that we're looking for. Peace on earth. I don't want to say goodwill to man because it's <laughs> too heavy right now. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I, I, thanks for that. I, I'm just going to keep blasting questions because I have so no, many. Okay. Please. Um, all right. So this part of this technology, so part of it is the star teachings and the first three star teachings are kindness, compassion, and happiness. And when you speak, sometimes you say people get upset because you, you don't talk about love because it's not measurable. In the last podcast and us chatting, you said we have two spirit guides, positive and a negative, not to be mistaken with good or bad because the body is the ground. So you can access this thing. And so on my birthday, I did an experiment. I said three acts of kindness because that's one of your teachings. You're, you talk about uh, when we were together that a lot of these uh, people, right, just human beings and then even spiritual people, they write the books, but they forget about the three acts of kindness. So even in myself, when I started, it was a fully, it was a big shift. I started to do so much more, just asking someone's name behind me, um, going out of my way to do something kind. And, and since those last two weeks, I've really experienced a lot of synchronicities, really profound and obvious things from spirit or source or my observation of reality that tells me that what I'm doing is being heard. It's being seen. And I know this for me and the way that I equate that. And I don't know if, if, if this is what you think, but you speak as an electrical engineer, that's kind of like you're a scientist. And so if we have the positive and negative, the body is like maybe the capacitor. And when I'm in the vibration of kindness, I can raise my capacitor to say like 90 or whatever, when in fear and doubt and all those kinds of things, then maybe I'm only at 30, so I can't resonate at the same higher frequency. Um, so maybe you can touch on that a little bit, but to continue to rant, because okay. what I think is important is um, you talk about be in peace as an acronym. And that's what I think that most of us want. They want peace, we want inner peace, we want planetary peace, and we feel so isolated from each other you know, we don't feel connected. We're divided through religion, through culture, through these things, even though we connect on the internet. You know, what, can, what does be in peace acronym mean and what can the individual do or the collective do to, to create peace within the self and, and within the Well, um, be earth energy. That's what B stands for. Do you understand that? Now I do. <laughs> well, 
when we talk about negative and positive, um, that we are electrical beings, really, that our, our bodies work on electricity. Uh, our muscles are electricity, our hearts are working on electricity. Why can't we be understanding of that in spirit? Is that negative and positive? Uh, if you put it into a circle and, and break the circle, you have negative and positive. Nothing to do with negative uh, words, nothing to do with positive words. It is a balance in the universe, the balance of what spirit is. Is that, and if, if you put uh, kindness and compassion in there, you will get a triangle, and that triangle goes backwards. It goes kindness, compassion, and happiness. And when we add those two spirit guides, negative and positive, that uh, creates a circuit. And when it creates a circuit, the, the triangle starts spinning inside. And when it starts spinning, we're, we're kind of like a motor. Is that motor generates an electrical field. That electric field generates 16 feet around you and it interacts with the Earth's energy, the apple. We all think of what the magnetic field is, the Earth's energy. That's what B stands for. Is when we are being Earth's energy, we, we are reacting to the Earth. Uh, when there's an earthquake, we can really detect it. We really understand what that is. Uh, the earth moves uh, night and day, um, uh, comes close to the sun, goes farther sun. The moon tides is a magnetic field. All the different things. And that, that we are generating a, a field from negative and positive and, and the kinds of But at one time, many thousands of years ago, before this was even here, that the uh, kindness, compassion, happiness was one thing. You didn't have to divide them up. They were one. You were one with that. Uh, because of our belief in what we do in this earth, that veil was kind of put over our eyes. It's like, okay, um, kindness is separate, compassion is separate, and happiness is separate. But they're really not. Um, way back when, that we, we had them, why do we have to go out and say that I have to be kind or happy. Why are we not that anyway? It's because they're separate. And we think that uh, once we, we do a kind act, you know, we're going to get rewarded. No, you just uh, uh, reacting to the earth's field. We're becoming one with the earth's peace as much as that we don't want to know. No, is that that is part of, of one of the teachings is peace, peace on earth. But how do we do this in everyday life when everything is going on out there? We have a lot of, oh my goodness, the rhetoric going out there of, of, of different things and different beings and people uh, talking to aliens. Something to think about, Matt. If you were an alien, uh, 1807, and you met the natives, what would you say to them? How would you talk to these natives? with your technology now. If you can go back in time, and you can change anything in time you want, what would you change? Uh, and, and would it be, would they believe you? And, uh, and if they do believe you, would they think you're God? I guess that's a good way to think about it. And we have to look where we are right now. The biodome is, like I said, is just a, a, a um, thing to help us to remind us who we are. But the technology, um, if you look at it, I, I drive down the road the other day and most everybody's on their cell phone. You know, if we are going to be attacked by aliens, we're not looking up. We're not looking up to see anything's up there. We forget to look at the stars. We forget to look at the, the humans around you. 
we forget to look at other people's eyes. And the eyes are the keys to the universe, to the stars. And I, and when I talk, I, I try to talk about the ancient things that we do, but we also, in the ancient technology, we're just doing a cycle over and over, and we don't we forgot about it. The biodome is an ancient technology. Uh, the pyramids are an ancient technology. Stonehenge is an ancient technology. But we, we're doing whole kinds of things, beating drums and doing all this stuff to try to awaken all these things. But most of these uh, sites are, need some sort of technology to wake them up. A literal technology of something, a device or something. Uh, we can chant all we want and all we're going to do is sound good. But we do, we do need some sort of device. Uh, we were uh, in North Carolina, and uh, there was an old site there that we looked at. And we did bring our devices with us that, that day. And there were uh, four or five people with us, and, and some with the devices. And we, and we did do something, because it scared the heck out of everybody there. There was like, okay, that's, okay, that's too weird, because nobody's expe anything that, expecting anything to happen. But something was happening, and we stopped before anything else happened. And I can get more into that story later, but we need some sort of um, technology device to open most of these uh, things that people talk about. Uh, a lot of the language uh, that we used to speak is lost. Uh, you know, you talk about Arabic and all the other languages. Uh, the language wasn't what you think it was. Language was a vibrational language that, that can open these things up and be able to use them in a good way for all humanity, all, all, all the races of people. Just not one for one thing. Just remember that if there's technology to do that, it could be weaponized. So we have to be very careful, very, very careful. And just like the biodome, is that we have to be very careful with this because it is an actual device and it, and it does work. And it shows on meters. And it's, it's, it's something that is very powerful if you want it to be. But it's, it has to be governed a little bit through spiritual people and, and, and the good use. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay. So, well. There's more questions. I know. Yeah. Well, okay. So if you could, if you could try to give a, a brief idea of the individual me to be in, be in harmony, be that thing. And then the collective, is there something that we could shift within the collective or is it, it has to be the individual? Like well, the, the I well, creates peace for all, or is there something I can start within the community that goes, yay, planetary peace. <laughs> I wish I'd be doing it right now. That was possible. <laughs> but what, what it is, is it the, the carpet scrolls brought the information to us and it was released at a certain time um, uh, back 83 years ago, that, 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 that conscience shift was shifting. But we, do, you know, we keep on thinking of the conscience shift for the last 10 years. It has been 83 years because in order to do something with the conscience shift, it's like, okay, um, I want peace on earth. How do I do uh, Do I make road signs? Do I stand in front of the thing, say world peace and everything like, like that? The conscience shift is that something shifts outside inside of our spirit and that's okay. Uh, take Martin Luther King and uh, all the different people. And it takes time to do anything. And 83 years is not a very long time in, in the spiritual realm. It's at least a second and a half, not even that, um, in the spiritual realm. So that, that conscious that we are, that collective, 
the Copper Scrolls gave us information, literal information, that what we can do as a, a community, as a, what we can do together. Along with the biodome, the biodome is a technology, but there's a spiritual technology that goes with the biodome. It goes with all the other resonators. Um, but we, we have to be open enough to be able to do that. And it's simple enough, but it's hard. Uh, that we have to be quiet. <laughs> That's very hard to do. And the, the, what the Spirit gave us, whoever sent those information to us, they gave us a way to do it. A very specific way, and it is a technology. Uh, when you talk about spirit, and I know people get so upset about it, so spirit and technology don't have anything to do with anything. Okay, okay. Why are people posting spiritual things on the internet? Internet is a technology. You're using it to spread your 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 spiritual message. It should be able to spread it by itself, but it doesn't. The Copper Scrolls explain a way listed in numbers, uh, mathematical numbers, a lot of mathematical numbers, how to actually do that. And it is to, um, I try to get this right because people are going to go to try to do this. And, and my suggestion is to get a hold of the star teachings. Uh, we have teachers in the star teachings that will teach you the method of how to um, communicate and how to receive and how to gather a collective so we can use it. And it's pretty listed in the Copper Scrolls how to do that, a very precise way of doing it. So my suggestion is to uh, contact the, the, the Star Teachings. We, we have a Facebook working on the website. Uh, there's teachers there that would be glad to explain what that technology is. Uh, we have people that uh, are inversed into that now. We've been doing that the last five years in that communication of spirit and collecting that collective and that message. Um, and it's been working. And, the, and the, I think the, <laughs> find the strange thing about that is we've been actually, uh, right now we don't have the antenna up completely, but with the 1% that we have, we've been re really receiving messages. So something that we could actually use to help communities, to help the individual as, as, as spiritual beings, you know, because we keep on thinking we're alone in this, um, on this planet, but you know, it depends on what you think alone is, you know, you have bacteria and you have others, other um, intelligent lives in you. You have um, beings uh, run around uh, looking for communication, but how do we communicate with them? I, I think that, Again, that we have to figure out what that language is, and the Copper Scrolls teaches us that language. Um, but it's it's not something you can get from a book. And, and I know that a lot of you that that has um, communicated with me. Uh, where can I find it? What book should I read? What should I do? Remember, the Copper Scrolls have been, just been deciphered the last forty years. So remember how, what the eighty-three years is that. That, that consciousness that is starting to open up. Uh, one individual, two individuals, three individuals, four individuals are, are learning about the, the, how to do this. And it goes right along with all the technology that I've been doing out there. So the, the, the biodome, the resonators, the resonator is a, is a smaller uh, version of the biodome. Uh, that you can put a resonator in your home. You can put it outside your, make your garden grow better. You can use a resonator to generate electricity for your house if you wanted to. 
um, and it's an actual energy that you can see and monitor. But the STAR teachings, uh, remember, STAR teachings is an organization, but the STAR teachings is a teachings, it's an ancient teachings that's been passed down through 20,000 years of lineage, um, mostly through the native people, the Mi'kmaq people. And it was hidden for a long time because what would you do with it? You know, how, how would we understand that? We keep on thinking communication is words, but communication is through the magnetic field around you. You, may, you wouldn't be able to understand me if I was in a vacuum right now because the words wouldn't hit you because they're, they, in order you to hear, it has to go through airwaves so you can hear it and define it. There's something beyond that, that communication in the spiritual realm, is that the vibrational language, you don't need air to communicate. And that's something. And we keep on thinking um, ETs and aliens are eat what we eat, drink what we drink, um, breathe like we do, uh, same gravitational pull. Well, that's much what you, you must say all bears are black or white because they're not. All, all the ETs are different. They eat differently. They breathe differently. And they think differently. And their philosophy is different than what you think. You know, it's like uh, the Europeans came here and they thought the philosophy of the Native Americans were the, their philosophy. They, they believed in the God. You should believe in the God. And you should do this and you should do that with savages. And I mean, I know that's kind of crude, but think about that. Is that what are we doing that right now? Are we are in, in this um, realm looking for intelligent life. We should be intelligent trying to find it and understand what that is. Like I said, that what I know is very little, 1%, 1%. And, um, but I've been doing this for a long time. I've been speaking. I've been looking for the, the, the people that have been sleeping for a long time, awakening. And, of course, you need teachers. You know, get a college diploma without a professor. That's hard to do. You might be able to do it online, but it's very hard to do. Star teaching is the same way. You need a teacher. You need a star teacher to help you. To, to understand this language and most of the star teachers out there have been at least active for five years and they know something and, and we'll start to answer a lot of your questions would this help the world of course uh, is it an answer for peace no that's you're the answer for peace you know everybody's looking for that uh, formula out there that will make ten alert lead into gold uh, you can do that but it's better just to go find it. Go find that knowledge. The people are there we're willing to help. And we're working on that, kind of like that program now, so get this Star Teachings information for you. Biodomes from it. A lot of people have been going to the Biodome. Um, but uh, we are working right now on coming to see you. There's, there's ways to do that. We have, we have people that are, are willing to come and, and talk with the Star Teachings and to immediately to uh, get this antenna working immediately. We're, we've been doing it the last five years, we've been working, and we've been all around the United States uh, teaching in Canada, and we're heading to a country, I'm not sure what, Slovenia, I guess, or some place, and heading to Australia and all the different other places, and then uh, bring the teaching. I think that too is that hopefully I'm answering your question. I'm kind of rambling on to different things, but then what is another question, Matt? 
Okay. Yeah, I got, <laughs> that was a good ramble. Uh, somewhat clear, I would say. Well, what I wanted to kind of share with people is like you, you met the Dalai Lama on his request. So just people know that. If you look online in the star teachings, one of your balloons just gives you straight mathematics. That's mind blowing. So this is part of the technology. Robert Grant has released an absolutely mind blowing course on the Resident Science Foundation. And I got to watch you guys communicate and it didn't make any sense. And it was wonderful. Um, but he's talking about getting 50 new mathematical constants. He's talking about, uh, you know, and his thing is mathematics through linguistics. And but what it comes back to is consciousness and, and the merger. It comes back to kind of a spiritual idea. And uh, so, you know, he's seen your math and you've seen each other's. And, and so the technology is sound. That's just kind of what I wanted to share. And but what we're getting back to is how do we apply the technology? How do we create that within the within the individual? So I guess what I wanted to ask is you have these star teachings, you know, where do they come from? Because on this planet, we're so divided. And does it unify or not unify? Or how does it relate to like is is Hinduism correct? Is it Islam? Is it uh, Buddhism? Is it, you know, where did the, were they, were they each ascended masters? Were, you know, is, is it all one idea? Um, and I know it's very vague and I don't know if you can kind of speak on that, but um, on the star teachings, what I like is one of the, one of the things it says is regardless of your race, religion, or nationality, kindness is a language that everybody can understand. And I think that that goes for acceptance. And for me, I really enjoyed Buddhism when I was studying with Tibetan monks in Nepal because they were fine with whatever you were doing. You know, it was, they're just like, it's not, you know, it's not about trying to oppose any other force. You know, it's about your connection with spirit and creating that. And there's, there's fundamentals and there's lessons. So, um, but I know there's like Hindu gods and Islam and, and there's just so many different ones and we can kind of lose this connection. And I'm just curious if the star teachings relates to any of that. Well, I have studied all those different religions and different spiritual movements, not in a negative content is that I used to go to visit churches uh, just every Sunday that's I'm going to go visit this church. And it, it is interesting because we're not wrong. We're not all wrong. All churches are not wrong. Uh, atheists is not wrong. And is that when we start to judge, our field is shut off when we start to judge. It's like, I'm right, and you're wrong, and there's a God, and there's no God. Well, I can't prove either, honestly. I can't prove that there is a God up there watching over us, and and but... I can't even prove it's not there because I'm right now I'm limited to your soul, your um, earth, and it's like okay, what 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 are we looking for? You know, you know we're looking for a direction. We um, and I call it, used to call it I did a theory one time, mom and dad theory. Your mother watches over you. Your dad watches over you. And they make sure that you don't cross the road when the cars are there. They make sure that you're fed. They give you a philosophy on what that is. And when we're without our mother and father, because it's like, oh, my goodness, what, what am I looking for? Am I looking for uh, a direction? <coughs> Most of our direction is um, for, uh, put there for us to go in a direction. I'll give you an example. When you drive to LA, you pay attention. Somebody had to go and put those signposts out. Somebody had to make the road. Somebody had to number the roads and everything else. We still have get lost <laughs> trying to get to Boston or something. And but we have all these numbers and all these different things. 
but we don't have the device or the, the book to tell us how to get to LA with all the numbers. We, we can wing it and we will get there eventually, but we're going to be going all in different directions. That's kind of like spirit, is that we look for spirit and look for a direction. And we, you know, I remember one person spending seven years out there looking for direction and he finally bumps into me. And I tell them, so it's really your choice what your direction is. So I just spent seven years out there looking for direction. Yeah, but you didn't, wasn't reading the signs what Spirit was giving you. Spirit won't never take us on a, a blind journey. It won't, Spirit won't tell us, won't test us. And the Spirit won't uh, make it hard for us. They're like your mom and dad that's right beside you. There's a negative and positive, so the energy feels a little bit different. They, they say, okay, do you remember yesterday when you stepped in that puddle? He said, yeah, it was pretty cold. There's a puddle in front of you. Are you going to walk through it or go around it? And it depends on what that, what that uh, puddle felt like. You might walk through it again, and it would be fine. Or you know, it might be um, a bear in front of you, and the bear is showing his teeth, and you have kindness and compassion and happiness down pat. And you go try to pet him, he's going to bite you. <laughs> you know, is that we never can retain all those three at once. Uh, yet anyway, is that we keep on looking for that direction, searching for uh, the star, searching the, for the answer. I tell people you have the answer. The answer is what you make it. And I've been saying that over and over for the last 40 some odd years. And I put myself in the same boots. It's like life is what I made it. The only person I could blame for where I am right now is myself because I chose the journey. Um, I'm not chosen to do this. Um, God didn't come to me and say, David, would you bring the star teachings to the world? And I would you know, pray and all and bow and everything else. No, I was, I was like, okay, I'll try. Uh, and it my, was my choice. And when it started my choice, my path changed. Uh, it wasn't the highway anymore. It wasn't those clearly marked signs in the streetlights and the convenience stores and in all the different places. But it brought me left, brought me right, brought me all different places because the star teachings is not a clear path. It's your path, whatever your path is. That's why one of the teachings is to um, change your direction, never go home the same way um, because we do that for 40 some odd years. We drive and drive the same way, you know, see the same people. Change that direction. Even if your job is for 20 years, go, go a different way home. Um, stop at a coffee shop. Um, give something away, you know. And that is that change. Is that, that change that we are looking for. It's not somebody else. It's not a boss that's telling us you should be working eight to five. You sh you, that is your choice, being there. If you have to feed your family, that's fine. But it's all our choice. It's nobody on this earth has chosen to do nothing. We're here, I guess, for a picnic. And that picnic is what we make it. Uh, we we want to change the world. Let's, let's change ourselves, change our mind first before we do that. And when we do that, then more people will find out what you're doing. Because we don't want to make anybody do anything. Now, I know that I get argued with a lot of the Christian people. And, and like I said, I tell people, I'm, I'm 
not right. I'm sorry. I'm not right. And they said, they want me to convert. And I said, I have my way and I respect your way. And, 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 that, and if I can help in any way, please ask. But we're so mixed up like concrete and hardened that we can't change that we can't. And what we, but when we say that we can't change, we can, we have to look for that star, look for that hope and that spirit that we can be a, a, a guide in this, this world, a, a light that brings people to the truth. That's really hard because I, I find it challenging uh, when I'm out there because we believe in so many different things and, and I don't want to change anybody's belief in, in what we're doing, but it's, it's very hard because you know, I get ridiculed about love. He says, uh, love thy neighbors, love yourself. Well, that's fine. If we can really do that, that's great. That would work. But we don't do what we say. Is that that goes away really quick uh, when we feel hate? Because when we feel hate, then love goes away. Then we hate our neighbor. We hate that person that pulled in front of us. We, uh, and it's like uh, we get out and we swear and holler and everything else. So it's really hard for myself to come to you to be in this world. And uh, to um, to share where I come from, what we do, where there's no wars, there's no there's no way to um, that we use anything that I want because I would give it to you, <laughs> and that's hard to understand you well because you guys deal in ec economics, you deal in in trade, gold, paper, things like that. So that dilutes our way of thinking. When, when that's diluted, then everything else is the truth behind it. I need currency to bring the spiritual message. No, you don't. That is a, a belief that we put into ourselves so we can eat. You're going to eat anyway. To bring the, the spiritual message is, is to listen without money, without anything traded. And where I come from, the longhouse. I've spoken in the longhouse for a long time, and that longhouse is that they come in to hear you, the storyteller, to, to understand what the world is, prophecy, all the different things. And the reward there is happiness. It's a lot of laughter. I'm not saying currency is not part of that, but it's part of your world, how you guys function. But it's mixed up into your spirituality. And when it gets mixed up, then you have a soup. Uh, most likely soup with onions and rocks and garlic and everything sour. And it's harder to, to see what spirit is. Like I said, I'm, I'm not denouncing currency, but it's mixed up into your spirituality. And when that's, that happens, then, then, then we reject people. Uh, people can't come into your spiritual teachings. The star teachings, uh, I'm, I'm holding an event Everybody is invited. If you don't have money, you come in and sit. Um, and that's hard to teach because we're so brought up with our parents and everything else to go uh, out and get a good job. And I did that for a while. And I don't know if it was a good job or not, but it took up a lot of my time. And I think, too, that we are on this path together. And some of us need help. You know, I, I noticed that, that we we're looking for something. What are we looking for? Let's look together. I tell people, let's look together. 
we don't we don't know what it is. Well, one of us will figure it out. We'll find a lot of stuff along the way. I know that uh, I I walked 500 some odd miles before because our people were committing suicide, and we didn't, they didn't know why they were committing suicide. So I walked walked for the people, and in that walk, that other people joined me. And by the time I was done that walk, we had a line so so long that people want to know what was going on. Did it stop suicides? No. Maybe slowed it down some, but we have to do something, you know, in this world. And hopefully that what we're doing is not hurting other people, is not rejecting people, is not segregating people so they can't come and hear the teachings. I think, too, that that's hard with my elders, when I, when I was with my elders, that the, the teachings were open to everyone, and no, no matter who they were and what they thought. Even your enemy, because you reason why an enemy makes enemy because they don't know you, they they scared of you. They think you have a different thought process, but the thought process of kindness goes with everybody on this earth. It goes to the people in the Amazon that practice kindness and compassion and happiness. It goes to the people in New York that practices kindness that is homeless. It is people in California that practices kindness, the people that all over the world that resonates the kindness. And this antenna that we're making, it generates that kindness, compassion, happiness. It gives us a little bit of free time in this world to let everything go. And when we let everything go, things are filled inside of us. That information that goes into our spirit is that we can go actually go out practice kindness, but other thought is that we see somebody need help, or even not only the homeless, but the people that, the restaurants you go, find out their names. Who are they? Who are the people sitting beside you? People don't want to be bothered. But you're not bothering them. If you're standing in line, stand backwards. The person has to have a conversation with you eventually. Because why are you standing backwards? Because it's I don't follow the regular norm. I like I like walking backwards, and I see you. And people really need that, and I've been doing that for fifty some odd years. And people do respond to it because people want to know they're being heard. And being kind is being quiet for just a little bit, so you can hear those these people. Compassion is that. That compassion shares in the two molecules that bond and have circle around each other. Yes, they're there. They they uh, strengthen the luminous threads that we all connect it with. That informational thread, and then bonds are, are created. But it, but it's hard of this world because there's a lot of things on this machine and on the internet that tells us differently. Um, uh, end of the worlds. Um, um, fake news and all that. It was like, I thought news was fake anyway, let alone now fake news. Um, look for the good in these machines, you know. I, I denounce them, but also we can have fun, you know. I watched the kitty cat that plays the piano and I laughed my head off of that. I don't know why. It's just like the cat playing the piano. Who knew, you know. So hope that answers some of your questions, Matt. Some of it, some of it. Um, and I wrote a bunch of things down because obviously I have a thousand more questions as always. And we spent two weeks together. So thank you for sharing that. 
So one of the things that you taught me that I really enjoyed was called spiritual mass. And you use the analogy of flying through the solar system as a star. And if that star say weighs one ton and it's moving a million light years of an hour, it's going to go past other stars that are stagnant and that it'll have a shepherding effect on the star. So it'll move those other stars in that direction. So if you have 1000 tons and you're moving at, you know, 200 million light years, it's going to have more effect. And that was the analogy that you shared. I can't remember what question I asked, but I was like, I want to feel like I'm doing enough. I want to feel like I'm contributing. I want to feel like I'm doing the right thing and I'm, and I'm you know, having a good life and you know, all that kind of fun stuff. And so you shared that with me and it really clicked because you talked about action. So many of us aren't taking action and just the three acts of kindness a day or one act of kindness a day you know, you can walk by so many people all the time and not do something, not get their name, not think about making the smile. And you don't have to make it overt. It's just you're taking actual action. And so many of us don't take action. And when, when you shared that and I started doing it, I realized how little action I was taking. I definitely do take action. But since then, the amount of action is way more and i know that i'm having a more impact and so the way that i equated it was that maybe i was one ton of spiritual mass before but over 30 years on this planet if i continue to do these things every single day my spiritual mass my energy my ability to shepherd others or show an example is much bigger and you can use the example of bruce lee for me because i love bruce lee he's dead now but he did the action and now as an observer at a different period of time i can see the wake that he left and i can see those messages and i can see that way of life and i can say hey you know what i really enjoyed so much of this way of life i can now model that and he did that you know through being himself through taking action so the one question that i want to really um touch on and i realized i hadn't asked you because i have asked you a lot of questions was um, how can we deal with suffering and why do we have suffering, especially with kids? And so I'll give you two examples. One would be, um, just tragedies that happen in the world. Um, I don't know if they're real or not. Well, I would assume so because I'm on the international tribunal for natural justice and they're looking at the sex trade and, uh, you know, lots of death there, kids going missing, things like that. And I see that and I can break. I can I sometimes will just cry because I, I like, I just don't know. I feel like I want to do something. I don't know what to do. And, um, there was a tragedy recently in Canada in Humboldt. It was, a uh, Saskatchewan hockey team and 15 kids were lost. They're just kids and they're lost. And, you know, people die every day around the world from starvation. So that's a real thing. And that bugs me. Um, but this is something that, okay, you have a parent and then you have a kid. So that parent, that amount of grief, that suffering, that pain, and we're in this, we're suffering, you know, it's like super intergalactic and amazing at, at some points, you know, and, and expansive and I'm excited about life. And then there's this depth of suffering. It's like, why am I suffering? And why do I view and I can look and I can see these others suffer? Uh, is there a point to suffering? And if so, how do we deal with suffering? I think we have to look at the question in a different way. And I think because I'm, 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 I, I counsel a lot of people on death. And um, I guess I've had a lot of death in my, my family and um, different things that happened. And suffering um, goes along with anguish, it's that we are, are make ourselves suffer. 
And I, I know when my father passed away that I felt like I was in pain, but I was not in pain. That was a, a thing that I did to myself because I, uh, I felt the loss of my father and I thought I should put pain in there because he left and he left me here. Because that pain itself, um, but I, I see it every day, you know, I, I get the um, news every day of something's happening or somebody needs prayers or somebody's in the hospital, things like that. That we have a chance to be angels here on this heaven we are in. And that, and you know, I, anybody in exploiting children or anything like that, I think that we have to be more of aware of what we're doing here. And being aware is that we don't have enough people aware of these things that go on. I, I look on the thing that we are raising funds to, to start, you know, something to find children. We should be all aware of this, what's going on, this traffic. And this is part of the awareness of what spirit is. So we need to be aware who we are and who we're with and to be safe, too. Um, there's a little bit more an explanation why we die, but I'll get into that in a little bit. Please don't forget that question. Um, the, that awareness, the pain that we see other people is remember that we're creating, we, we are we're placing something inside of us, but um, to pain. Why is that? It's because we don't we don't know what to do. And ceremonies, participation. We need to be able to do that ceremony. I, I know that um, I used to look for people, uh, missing people. I used to track people, things like that. Uh, but we need to be more aware of what's going around us and, and how to help more. And what you, uh, I, I looked at the thing that you support, and I support the same thing, um, that we have to come to that consciousness that we need a better way of thinking of our economics, better way of um, understanding what the spirit's about, what is our sexuality about, what is uh, what are we doing here, and how are we expressing this? Why is it uh, we're hurting children? Why is it that we need to do all this? There's not enough information that what's going on out there. Why we're doing doing this? We can say why, but exactly what makes a person do that? Why why is that that's that's happening? And go down to economics, but economics explains some of it, but it doesn't explain all of it. We have to understand what the individual is doing on this earth and and what they are looking at. Because of this machine, you can do a lot of things with this machine. This machine is good and bad. It depends on how we use it. That if we had more people aware, I think we could slow some of this, uh, these things going on. That, down more in what they are. Pain um, is a physical thing that we are replacing. We can't do anything, so we're in pain. We've experienced that. Uh, I'm a, I went, went to college for psychology, but it doesn't explain the world. They never could explain the world. You can explain what sometimes why we do things. The majority of the time we're wrong. Is that inner part of spirit that we lock away. We, we don't dare to bring out, so we express it in different ways. And some of those ways is pretty bad. War, you know, hurt, different pain. 
So with that, you know, what would you, do you know if there's a, is there a reason or a function for the suffering here? Like, why are we sitting here in suffering? Well, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a taboo subject. That, uh, people say, don't talk about this because it, 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 it's, it's what I do on Sunday. And what I, the only thing I have from work, sports. Sports is a multi-billion dollar industry. Why do we watch people tackle each other uh, on a football field? Why do we paint our face and go out there and celebrate and, and things like that? And some ways of people ex expressing it. We're expressing an ancient part of it, an ancient feeling that we have inside of us for destruction and things like that. And we're, we're watching other people do it. Back in the Romans, it was the Colosseum um, th that they brought people in. But it was accepted then. Right now, that we don't do enough for our children. Uh, we, I, I think children should have a chance to play. Uh, and most adults that never had a chance to play, usually you find them um, exploiting and doing other stuff to understand what they are. It could be something else, but I think that, that awareness and being able to protect our children, protect the individuals around us that's from this harm, we don't step into it enough. But if it's a football game, billion dollars. If it's children, you know, we have to raise funds, and that's ridiculous. You know, and and I think it's awareness. And I've talked about awareness a lot. You know, but people explain away every day why they watch sports. And, you know, and I get a lot of mail from people saying, oh, you don't know sports. Well, I used to be a sport person myself. You know, I was in, I was in a um, in the, in competition quite a lot. So I know what sports is, but it's our priorities. Honestly, it's our priorities. We want world peace. There's no profit in it. Sports is a property there. And our children look for these at these people, you know, at least my, my kids do. Is that why? You know, why? Why do we do that? You know, and I'm sure I'm gonna get a lot of explanations on that, but we are out there not even thinking what we're doing. Hockey, football, you know, people die at football games uh, because their team is losing or somebody did something wrong. Why can't we feel this way about what's going on in the world, about the hunger, uh, about People hurting children, people hurting other people. Because there's enough, enough, we have more than enough money, we have more than enough food to feed this world. Because if you, if you go home and eat tonight and you throw food away, you know, how do you get that to the hunger? It's our attitude and what we think spirit is and what we think we are. I, I, I know I get a lot of people mad, but I'm looking with my eyes uh, what's going on. You know, I turn the news on. There's always something bad happening, a shooting, you know, school shooting and things like that. It's not, we're not aware, you know. People are trying to express themselves in different ways. And we're not listening and we don't have the availability to pay attention to most of the people, especially the kids. Kids should have a chance to grow up in a good environment, a safe environment, and to be happy and to be able to express themselves. But we're not taught that anymore. That was taken away many years ago that our grandfathers and everything else, we separated, we, we put our, our, our seniors in a uh, senior home and leave them there. You know, I'm sure there's some of us out there, but we, we forget it. We forget that they were out. We don't need them anymore. And they're the protectors, most of the protectors of, of what we are and what spirit is because they have the memories.
we have ruled on income, how much money we can make and what we can do and um, how many friends we like on Facebook and things like that. But truthfully, you know, we're, we're the fault of all of this, you know, including me. It's like, you know, I can blame it on somebody else, but awareness, you know, they're taking our children, you know, how do we stop them? Is put the cell phone down, open thy eyes, look around you, you know, we, we, we have, um, we have some learning to do. We haven't learned it all. And that's why I believe we, nobody, everybody's channeling the higher consciousness. Give me a break. Honestly, give me a break. We can't channel the higher consciousness. We solve all these other things. And that's probably, that's why the resonate. I, I, I can, I've spoke to thousands and thousands of people and audiences and stuff like that. And they clap. No, you're a very good speaker, but nothing's done after that. that maybe 1%, maybe you, maybe people that are listening and be able to help that. That is what we do, Matt. That's what we do. We help the children too. That's what we do. My apologies. No, no apologies necessary. Um, it was a good, it was a good rant. What, what you told me not to let you forget is uh, going on um, more when we die. And just to kind of bring up um, my thoughts and what you're saying I remember going through uh, Dan Winter's course in physics and it's really intense and I don't even know what I looked at, but I did it anyways. And uh, he talks about how the native cultures or older cultures would, would uh, basically teach, teach culture. Like what culture was, was teaching your young how to take memory through death. So that's actually immortality is the ability to take your memory through lifetimes, not the actual physical body, which I find interesting. And I think that it's so important that we have, you know, for me on the podcast, I'm always wanting older people that have been doing it for a long time. Cause there's a big difference between somebody who's been doing it for a year or five years and a man that's been on the planet or a woman that's been on the planet doing it for 40 years. That's some wisdom. That's some life experience. And you connect that old wisdom with the new kids and even people 15, 25, I'm 34. I still don't know what's going on. And I have 150, this is 152 podcasts of trying to ask people what is going on. And nobody knows. Nobody has any idea, including me. Um, but it can come back to like, you know, the simple basics of being kind and, and having life. And, all. you know, I've got the guidelines a little bit. But really, you know, we, our culture is, is, it can use some improvement and connecting old wisdom with the kids, you know. And what we're doing to the kids, it doesn't make any sense with schools. They're in an institution right away. I have a huge problem with modern education um, and we're separating like you said the old people we throw them in uh, old folks homes so then they're not with their family and and then so then it kind of goes back to the suffering thing then you got the kids that are getting worked over right away they don't even know it the parents are stressed out because they're going to jobs and they need to work two jobs to provide for their kids and the old people are sad because they're not um, helping their they're not with their family so we have this like kind of broken system type of thing and and I think that maybe I'll just share that I think that what you're talking about and when we discussed a lot of things like this when I was with you, um, you just talk about taking action, taking action in your own life. A lot of people have these ideas, you know, it's like we're going to do a million man march. We're going to raise money for this. We're going to do that. But how many people are actually doing anything at all? And if even 5%, 10% people start to think like this, start to actually take action 
on what they can do, then shifts are going to happen really quick. It really comes down to the individual. So um, I don't know if you wanted to comment on that, but that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think action is very important because we have an idea. And I, I know a person that says, I have an idea. When I get older, I'm going to do this and it'll be my nest egg. And by the time he get to the, the, his age, he, he did the idea and it didn't work. I said, you were depending on that idea for 30 some odd years and he thought it was going to work? And he said, yeah. And he said, then he has to go back and take another job. He should have did that idea when he had it. Um, and like any of us, you know, people come to me with ideas. I said, great, do it. Do something, you know. Do something in that. Um, in order to be successful, spiritually successful, you have to fall on your face at least 70 times. You understand what that means? Is that, all right, you know, people say, well, I, I want to know all the answers before I start this. I said, great. You, that means you want to get in your car and have, another, have an engine first and have this and make sure that's right. The same what we're doing here is that, that this is part of life is that experience that we are failing. But failing is not failing. It's just doing something else. Keep doing something else. And after a while, you're going to be successful at something. Because I'm not an expert on anything, uh, but I do a lot of stuff. Because I didn't want to fail. I kept on doing it over and over and over and over until I got back up and kept on doing it. And I'll probably fail again. We keep on thinking success is the end of our life and we're going to be uh, taken care of. I know a lot of senior citizens right now that are working at Kmart or Walmart is because they didn't, they depended on one job all their life to take care of them. And they put them, they, by the time they're ready to retire, they fired them before the retirement. So all that money's gone. Don't you think about that? We should think about things like that. If we if we need a nest egg, if we need some sort of income, we should start doing something when spirit gives us that idea. Because we ask spirit, I, I don't want to work this job the rest of my life. The spirit says, well, well, we'll see what we can do. They go and look at something. They ain't going to force you. They're going to give you ideas. And then ideas that you should research those. And you never know. There's Right now, there's a successful person every 10 minutes that comes on an idea. And all the ideas are not used up. We only use a 1% of 1% of all the ideas in this, in this world. And it might be you who have the next great idea. But you gotta do it now, not tomorrow. Now, 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 now. You understand that? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I've definitely had a lot of ideas that I haven't taken any action on. So, <laughs> well, I take, I take some action. And for me, it's usually, you know, I think when I'm speaking to others, they have the idea and they want it to be perfect and the logo has got to be like this and everything's got to be perfect before they just do it. And the strategy that I've used is just do it ugly and just get it done and improve as I go along. And this is something that I learned from skateboarding. And I just learned that Jordan Peterson has a chapter in his book and he says, don't disturb kids while they're skateboarding and skateboarding is only failure. It teaches you so much. You are only failing and you're moving. And again, you consistently go back to, actually moving, actually doing something. And to give you an example, I went to go get a new microphone the other day because this mic has been messing with me just doing silly things. And I had to return the other one that I got because I bought a stupid one. 
I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and so the guy goes, I was like, Hey man, like I need a, I need a microphone for a podcast. He goes, how many episodes do you have? And I said, 150. He's like, Oh, what amazing. He's like, you have no idea how many people come to me, ask me for a microphone and say they have an idea for a podcast, but they never do anything. And I was like, okay. So, you know, taking action is, is really, uh, a fundamental theme with this. And, and I know that we can go kind of, Mm, let's say intergalactic with it, but I'd like to keep it very real and human because I think this is where the the point is. So I guess the question I'd like to ask is um, around the 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 art of like push pull type of thing, like in in going through my life. So one side is I get the idea right, and now I got to make the logo and I got to do the logistics. I got to get up. I got to plan, and then we got biohacking. You know, we've got Tony Robbins. We've got you know, four steps for success. And when you're in a structured system, like a Navy SEAL would be, you'd be very productive, right? You'd be, that's real thing. And then on the other side, you have the philosophy of Zen, surrender, ask for spirit, you know, be in flow in your life experience. And what happens for most is they get sucked into the, the biohacking, do it perfect, you know, effective type of deal. And there's so I'm just curious if you have thoughts on that. My, my thought is balance, I guess. That's where I'm at because I've kind of looked at both. And just curious what your philosophy would be around that of navigating life. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to David today. He's inspired me. I have an idea. Ideas come through. Now I need to live every single day. I got to put food on the table for my kids. I still got the same problems. You know, is it around the structured application and how much do we force it into existence? Or can we just bring it in and flow it into existence, like dance it into existence? Yeah, I get this question quite a lot. Um, it kind of narrows down, the, you know, you, you can have all the, the, the numbers and all the different things out there. It narrows down to be pretty simple. What do you want? What do, what do you want? Is this, is this what you want to do? And if this is what you want to do, go for it. Uh, but if it's this, oh, maybe this is not my what I want to do, uh, you know, then then that's going to influence what what your success rate is. Is is like, do you want a house? Do you want a new car? Do you need financial thing? Why, why are you doing this? You know, why are you doing this? And I tell people, you know, when they come with the ideas, you know, and it's pretty well said. Well, let's figure out what do you want, really. What do you want? And they said, I don't know. I said, well, then you got it. You got. I don't know. That's, you ask for that. You have to be very specific in what you want because if, if you want to get out of your job, if you want to do something else with your life, it is going to take some pain and suffering. You have to get up in the morning. It's going to, it's going to take 14 to 15 hours a day for at least four to five months to a year to, to achieve this. You're not going to do it from eight to five because right now what you do from eight to five is what you have. Is that if you work from a job they find, I don't have any other, is what you have right now. Security, insurance, whatever else. If you want what the 5% wants, you have to do what the 5%. And the 95 don't do is work, work in that direction. Um, at least five, minus 15 to 16 hours a day just working when I'm coming home by my work. Is, is that, is that you have to really put those fundamentals out there and, and, and do it. And, 
and you know, represent, if you, you have a business, represent yourself, have a business card and you have your product always with you. Um, things like that, that's just common sense. Any book in, you find a bookstore and it's successful, tell you that. And you gotta believe in your own, what you, your own props, and your, own, your own products, your own things that you do. You gotta have it on you. If you're selling a book, you should have a book in your back pocket. Uh, you should be able to give this book away if you had to. This is who I am, great. And then you hit more people that way um, and, and getting your book. Uh, I don't have a book, so <laughs> I don't have one in my back pocket, but uh, I have my words and, and, and I don't change my words for anybody. You know, people have me come to speak and say, can you not speak about that? And I said, sure, but I speak about it anyway. But as what I know and what, what kind of what the world needs, you know, what do you want? That's the same as when we talk about spirit. And I think I even told you that. What do you want? Okay. If you want that, write it down. And what's it going to take to get that? And, and you can buy lottery tickets all you want. If you don't have $100,000, you're not going to make very much. You're only going to make in that. And if you're going to invest into lottery tickets, you have to have over $100,000 because it's, it's a luck theory. So you need to be able to put enough numbers out there. The same with anything that you do. If you have an idea for anything, get it on paper. Write it down so you can see it. And if you can see it, something else happens. All right, this is going to take this. It's going to take this. And don't put spaces in between what you do. I say, I'm going to do this this day, but next week I'm going to do that. And if you add up the hours and what, how that is, it's not very many hours. If you have an idea, your first week should be 30 hours plus your job of what you want to do. And, it's, and that's, I know that sounds, but people have got to see what you do. And you got to know what you're doing because when people look at you, they look for the confidence in what you believe in. And if you don't, if you can't see it or drive it or be in it, it's kind of hard to represent that. If you believe in peace, you'd be be the most peaceful person on this earth, and no um, road rage. <laughs> so because people have cameras now, they film you. How's that? It's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, okay, so this is a little bit of a, a side note. It's a big question. Do we have free will? Do we have free will? Um, well, we have to figure out what free, spiritual free will and free will is. Spiritual free will, you have the whole universe. Do you have free will? Um, you can't speed, you get a speeding ticket. You have to pay your taxes. They come and rescue you, don't pay your taxes. Um, you, you need some sort of income or you're not going to have a house, you're going to have something. So what, what about that? Is that free will? <laughs> it's not complete freedom, which is something that I would very much like. And people will talk about being a sovereign being. And that's, that's, I want to just, you know, if you go down the street and you look at a bear or well, I guess bears aren't really rolling around the street unless you're in certain parts of the world. Um, you know, we, I think many of us in, in my circles anyways, we just want to be sovereign. We want to have clean food, clean water indoors around good community, travel peacefully. That's how do we get there? So that's well, not a I think we can do that already, um, but in order for me to go to North Carolina and come up where you are, I'm going to at least need two, three thousand dollars to come and see you. And how, and how I I do that? I, I'm a juror, so I work in jewelry. Um, but 
to travel anywhere is like we we we're the ones who are restricting ourselves from where we're going and what we are and our methodology and our spirituality and our income is all blended into one so it's like okay in order for me to get where you are i'm gonna have to sell a ring or watches or do some repair or something like that to get there we don't think about that uh, as, as not free will um, more money maybe probably not because that restricts you more because you're gonna have to protect that money somehow is that uh, what you do I just hitchhike where you are well, I'm gonna have to eat so I'm gonna need some money I can't hunt anymore so that maybe I can hunt some of the way but most people don't do that. Uh, they're engulfed in, in this society, that what they teach us what free will is. Uh, we have free will because we're in the United States. Yes, there's a certain point, uh, but you can't uh, say anything about the United States. You can't uh, take up arms against the United States, things like that. And we have all these paperwork in Washington that says that we have all these rights of what free will is. So. People have misinterpretations of what free will is and what is and what isn't. And most people that have that interpretation is they don't have free will. And the same here. I, I have my, if I don't pay for my house, you know, they're, they're going to kick me out of it. Uh, if I don't pay for my insurance, my car, they, they don't want me drive. Um, if, if, if I don't do certain things to the bank, they're, they're going to close my account because I'm not, they're not getting interest of my money. So that's all dealing with free will. So you tell me. I answered your question without answering. How's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. It's, well, it's an interesting navigation here on this planet. I'll tell you that because, you know, just getting to you and the things that I experience to, to do the things that I want to do most and to contribute most to figure out how to get that little piece of paper that gives me the ticket to the Ferris wheel ride, you know, is, is a challenge. Um, so what I wanted to ask, I guess, is um, hmm, how do I formulate this in a clear question? There's so much confusion, uh, fake news, real news, uh, you know, different ways, right? So many different things and we're bombarded by all of this information. Is there a way that we can connect to the truth and kind of see through the baloney? Like give you an example. Is the earth flat? That is, you can go down the rabbit hole of flat earth. And I did. And I learned a lot of really cool things. You know, I was like, maybe the earth is flat. Like, I don't know. Those are some compelling arguments in there. Then you go, I was like, no, it's floating around the ball in outer space. And I totally know why people are flat earthers. And I totally know why people are the opposite because I looked at both and they're both compelling arguments. Um, I've just never been in a spaceship and looked down and understand science to that degree and, and all that stuff to, to know for sure. So when I'm navigating this reality, trying to connect to the real truth, the true history, true knowledge, true empowerment, true connection to spirit, truth, just truth. What is true? Um, is there a way that we can find that? Well, I think the variable of truth, what we look at, we go, we said the flat earth theory, um, I, I did look into this, and, but it's like, okay, I'm not going to look at it anymore because there's thousands of information on there. And But you have to realize basics of what the information is. All right. If the flat earth is true, and then, of course, they can have some compelling, not, not compelling, they just have things out there. I'm a scientist, so I, I can take a laser and, and, sh and hit the moon with a laser. Laser hits the moon, comes back, and, then, and I do that in, in different points a month. 
So if you understand about, anything about math on, on things that's coming back, a radio wave that's coming back, um, if it's flat Earth, I'm, I'm only going to receive a certain amount of information <laughs> on what that signal is. If it's flat, it's pretty, I, I, it's, it's measurable to a certain point. But I'm measuring pi. And usually when you measure pi, that you measure an angle of what, what the deflection is. You take a triangle and you triangulate it. And I measure at different points. This experiment was done during the 18th, 17th century. You put a, you put a, uh, a post down, and that post uh, at 12 o'clock, that post there should be a shadow in that post, no shadow in that post. One o'clock, there should be a little bit like that. And so if our Earth wasn't round, that shadow would only go to a certain point. Uh, it wouldn't arc the, 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 the line, the night and day. So, but uh, it, it measures pi. It measures the golden ratio right on the dot. And, and I'm, I've done that over and over and over and over for the last 30 years because I'm launching balloons into an atmosphere that is, is uh, spherical. And when it's spherical, you have, you, you, your radio message doesn't come, it comes through an atmosphere, so it has to bend that radio wave coming through. So that's measurable too. But, um, the GPS is measurable, I can measure that. Um, and it all comes back, back to that golden ratio. We are on a spherical, no, no, I'm sorry. We're not on a spherical plane. We're, we're almost like an egg. This is we have one bulging out further than the other. And that's measurable, that's all measurable. Um, I think that we look for conspiracy theories. And I, I know that people send me things, oh, we're on the flat earth. I'm a pilot. So uh, I've been up to 83,000 feet in an aircraft before. And people say, oh, they see the balloon. There's no arc and they're using, mostly using um, gold, gold cameras. So if you use a gold camera, it has a pitch lens on it most of the time to arc it. And if you put it up in the atmosphere, it straightens all the, the, the horizon out because it's a gold, gold camera in an arc. I've been up that far before and I've seen the arc of the earth. I mean, I've seen all this. Um, so it's, it's interested to have the conspiracy theories, but why are they doing it? You know, like, all right, let's not believe this, not believe the moon landing. Let's be, I mean, we can go on, on and on and on. It goes back to the Kennedy's assassination and everything else. Uh, what, what is the truth? It's like, we want, to, we want to scramble the truth to make the world more interesting. The world is interesting enough as it is. That, yes, I'm sorry, the world is round, and I've done experiments over and over and over, and I've looked at the, the things, but it's like, come on, you know, we have other things to do. We have starving children out there. We have, we have homeless people, you know. It's like, it's, it's really hard to... It's not really hard to, to, uh, to talk about, but it's like, we want to believe different things, you know, but it's like, come on, <laughs> we revolve around the sun. That's, I, I can measure that, I can measure Mars, I can measure the Milky Way, and are we the only flat planet? How come we don't see flat planets out there that, that are floating around with us? Um, satellites, um, you know, satellite goes around the Earth. Uh, doesn't go if it goes around a, a flat Earth, it will be a, a oblong. It will be it wouldn't be same because the gravity would be different on both sides. I've heard about this theory for a long time, and people get into it. But like I said, this is like news and anything else. It's like we want to believe certain things. And that is that is my words. I'm not, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna change that. You know, 
like, was that flat Earth? It's like, okay. Uh, and, and one of the, the arguments is that the space shuttle goes into an angle, so it's not going straight up. You can't go straight up in a sphere uh, because it will bring you back down. You have to have certain. You have to have at least seventeen thousand miles an hour or more to do an orbit around the Earth. That's measurable in all the space shuttles. They they arc off at fifty-two degree angle to get the orbit, get the best momentum of the arc. But people don't say things like that. You don't see very many people um, posting things like that. Uh, space shuttle has, has stays in low Earth orbit, so if it was a flat Earth, it will splash down in the ocean somewhere because it has to have a volume of, of gravity mass to go around, and that's all mathematics. <coughs> if, if it was flat Earth, I, 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 the measurements would be wrong. It wouldn't be. I couldn't measure the volume of the Earth. I, I measured the volume of the Earth when I was in junior high. And I was 1% accurate just on paper. And the guy who won an hour did it. And then I did it with just sticking a stick in the ground and measuring what the light coming in there. And the sun has a volume to it. You can measure the sun's volume. You can me measure the arc rotation. This is all written down somewhere. This is where I got to the arc rotation. You can measure the meteors coming in. Um, they say that the, uh, it might be a holograph. You say, well, maybe so, but my lasers go through it anyway. But I, I believe in the round Earth theory, or the egg Earth theory, because I can measure it. I can't measure uh, flat Earth. A lot of stuff out there. <laughs> right. So, so people will get confused. And thanks for sharing all that kind of stuff, because, again, I don't know. What I will say, though, about your mathematics, you said on a previous podcast that you learned a different form of mathematics that is not normal. Uh, Robert Grant's course that's on the Resonant Science Foundation, which you can check out, is just mind-shattering. And he said nobody can dispute it yet. And there were some similar conclusions that you guys have come to. And like I said, he's discovered that he believes we're going to get a bunch of new uh, periodic table of elements coming. We're going to get a whole bunch of new mathematical constants. This is really going to open up how we experience life on this planet. Um, and I want to kind of you can comment on that. And I wanted to kind of divert a little bit. Um, it is something that you've said before. You've talked about, you know, you want to get a message to 7 million people. Um, and so I was curious, what exactly is that message? What, what's the message you'd like to share? Well, the, the message can't be shared by one person. Um, but it's a, like I said, it's a spiritual mass. It's a mass of certain people to do that. Uh, we want a conscious shift on this earth. Um, like I said, that we, we have to be able to understand what I'm saying. Uh, and when I'm talking from spirit to people, it has to be a certain mass to do that. And it's like, is the sky blue? No, the sky is not blue. It's an interpretation of what we think the sky is blue. Is that how we perceive what sky is? It's the same with the message is that, in order to conscious shift that we need a spiritual mass to do that. And the seven million lights. I guess that's the only way to do that. It's like um, the mathematical formula is the 0. 0.3000.300 and it goes on to a billion zeros. That is, that is a, a, a mathematical formula that we, we work with as humans is that anytime that there's <coughs> something that happens in the world, uh, Vietnam, all the uh, World War One things like that, there was a constant shift of something idea that went on that we needed to react to it, but we didn't know how to react to it. Is that, you know, 
most of the times that we're we're very scared of the dark, and when we are scared of the dark, we are going to flash out anything in front of us or anything around us that doesn't have that idea. This is kind of what this is about with seven million. Is that okay? Uh, less uh, getting people looking in one direction, not believing in one direction, but looking in one direction. Keep your belief, uh, looking in one direction. And there's, then the conscience shift will happen. Then that road to peace should be well lit then because I can talk and tell them blue in the face and it's going to be very clever talking and math, but, but if we don't, we don't do something and the Copper Scrolls has given us that instruction of what we should do. It's like um, if we had an audible voice that telling us to build an ark, we, we go out there and get dogwood and build it by 40 cubits, by 80 cubits, and gather two animals. You know, what's that all about? You know, what, what is that audible voice? And that's what we're looking for the seven million, is that, that conscious shift, that audible voice that we can hear and look in that direction. I don't know how to explain. I have some things on YouTube that explain some of them. My suggestion is get on YouTube and look at some of those things that we've been talking about, and that will help you to answer some of these questions. And the question is answerable, but not by me as an individual, but me as a community. That would, that would be a lot more uh, interpretation there. Hmm. Well, thanks for that. And what I'd like to share for the audience listening, uh, spending, I've known you for a year and I've asked you a lot of direct questions about a lot of different things. And what I've noticed is you don't really give me a straight answer a lot of the time. Um, I have to go find it. And I think that's a really important thing about being a spiritual teacher on this planet is there's many, you know, people out there, they're claiming to have the way, this is the thing, this is the, the thing that you do. And really it's guiding. And you and I are both martial artists and we both know this, that you need to, you know, give people a little bit so they can find the answer themselves. And what that really ultimately does is that makes them the creator to know how powerful they are, their connection to spirit, their connection to navigate this reality in the same analogy, teach a man to fish or, you know, you know, give him the fish. It's, he's only going to have a fish for a day rather than a life skill. And so I think that you speak like that. So I just wanted to um, share that. And Jacqueline wrote something. I don't know. I don't know if this already happened, but I want to ask you, says, she says, ask him about the message that either come, came through in October or is coming through in October on the mountain. Now the, the message already came through. Uh, There's some very important message. It seems like a simple message, but, um, this message, oh, how would you explain it? This message is so profound, it's not a complicated message, but if you really listen to it and understand that vibration, and that vibration, and the message claims, this, the, the message claims that it comes from the fifth dimension, and they're trying as much as possible to communicate with us. And their communications is way beyond our galaxies and our what we can see, our visible light. Because right now we can go about six billion some light years. This is way beyond that. And this message was sent in the response in 1977. Um, we've asked for help. We asked for direction. And it took us this long to translate that message. And the message is pretty clear message. Go on, um, star. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll leave a link to, to view that message. You might be able to see that message on my, my Facebook. Uh, but listen to the message. L listen to, uh, we interpreted, uh, it was um, 
uh, interpret it through the Mi'kmaq language first and through English. But if you listen to both of the languages, uh, Mi'kmaq language is a vibrational language, but in, through English, listen to them. That claims will be least uh, the fifth dimension and trying to contact us in this dimension and, and, and help. And listen to them as it's very, I can't tell you how important that message is to even to listen to. The people that are listening to this podcast that are listening to the first time, this might be talking to you, uh, not to any individuals talking that, like, okay, what do we do? What are we supposed to do? And this, you know, it's not taking me to your leader. It's like, who are you? And how can we help? How can we communicate back and forth? So please listen to that. If you, uh, we'll leave a link or something so you can listen to that message. That's, I can't tell you how important that. When I first heard that um, translated into the Mi'kmaq language, I, I, I cried because like, somebody answered. Something, something answered us. And it's so incredible that, that something did answer. And this is a mathematical formula that I took apart, this message. And this is why all the balloons go up and all the different things that we're looking for this message. Is this is this you know and for humanities to understand the first contact? I think this is the first contact. And, and if you're on listening to this, and it's like if it's anything that you do in life, listen to that message. It may be something that you can do to help. And then, you know, I know that we played that message or we read that message in one of the, the functions that we're doing, and, and just tears and the all around it just it's just so incredible because it, it was so felt into the spirit that it was like oh, something did answer but you know what answered us you know it's nothing that you could ever possibly imagine so listen to that message that's so incredible i'm just so, getting choked just thinking about it so this is definitely 100 percent accessible so I will, I will, you'll send me the link and I'll post it in Facebook and I'll post it on YouTube when this is out and I'll make sure that's posted. So you'll, you'll give me that and I want to listen to it also. And so you know, what I want to remember to ask you before uh, I go, and like I said, um, just for people listening again, you know, spend two weeks with you. I saw stuff that I've never seen before. Um, I, I vetted you through the smartest guy that I know, Robert Grant, <laughs> and that guy, good look at his, you know, if you think you're smart, go try his math course. It's ridiculous. Uh, the etymology of number at resonance science. And, you know, he's somebody who, you, you know, knows that you're for real as well. And what you're talking about, it, it's, it, it can get, you know, you have balloons into space that I saw and I saw the data you posted and the, the you have the world record for putting a balloon into outer space that reads data and it's on this little phone. It makes no sense. Um, and yet you're talking continuously about uh, kindness, compassion, happiness, action, spiritual action, very simple things. And so what I wanted to ask you, is there, is there anything that I or we can do for you? What would, what if you had the things that you needed to work here, to, to provide. And what I've noticed when I stay with you, you never ask for anything. You don't want to be the leader. You don't even want to be the one sharing this message. You want it to be, you know, somebody else. So you can just live your life and be peaceful. And you've, you know, through the other podcasts, you know that you've had very challenging experiences in your life and you're listening to spirit and, and doing what it, what it asks and trying to share these star teachings, trying to share these ancient copper scrolls that come from your lineage that are to the white man, to somebody outside of that, 
upbringing, how the heck can you relate to that? Living 27 years on a mountain with copper scrolls, getting taught by elders, a whole different language, a whole different upbringing. It, you know, the difference between being Canadian and like Ugandan, it's that <laughs> gap is even bigger. And so, the, you know, before we go, I just want to ask, is there anything that I or we can do for you? How can we help you? What, what would you hope to see? I tell people, and anywhere that I go, people ask the same question, is to clear the beeswax out of your ears. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not doing this for profit. Um, is that we are on this planet to get along, and we're not getting along. To, to listen to what the teachings is teaching us is that we're looking for the being in Atlantis, you know, that's so, sounds so great to be in Atlantis, be in heaven and all this and be in the spirit. But we should be that anyway. And, and I don't think people really listen to my words because I have a hard time with the English language. You know, I'm, I'm not good with pronunciation. I'm not good at expressing the 26 letters that you guys use. If I can speak in my language and, and you guys could understand what the vibration, you would see this is Atlantis. This is Atlantis technology. Uh, we are from the stars. We're star step. Please, I just tell people, understand what please means. Is that uh, we do need help uh, with all this. Uh, we can't do it. We have some beautiful people in the star teachings that are very generous and, and, and make sure that I get where I need to go. But we, I think we need more help. Uh, we need, we need, we need them. Um, uh, to travel more, to come where you are, to, to listen to what the STAR teaching is about, to bring some of this technology to you, to see how it works, how it benefits the community, and how it benefits the world, and to be in a resonator, and, and be into the biodome, and to be in, in that bubble of spirit, is that this is all we want to be able to give you. You have asked for this. You're the ones who have asked for this. It's, nothing, it's not about me here. Not put me on this pedestal. I don't like pedestals. I can't breathe the air. But it's it's this is yours. This is yours. This is why you your your prayers the last eighty three years we've come we've come to help you. But you have to ask for the help. You have to invite us. You have to um, bring us there. Uh, Matt is one of the angels that helped with it with this process. So. I just want to thank you for listening. And, and I tell people, when you listen to all this, take it with a grain of salt. Because it's hard to believe some of it. But there's a lot of things out there that you believe. But at least with salt, you're going to taste something. So that is my words. Thanks. I uh, appreciate you coming on again. Uh, I know that you have to go. So you can feel free to stay as long as you want. I'll sit here all day, you know. Um, it's always a privilege and an honor to talk to you. Our private conversations are doubly bonkers for everybody else. And I'm not sharing those. Those are just for me. Um, I can't. And uh, But it's... Uh, we went deep. and it's and But the, the, the how-to guide is so friggin' simple. It's so simple. And so I just want to thank you and what I wanted to ask before we go, um, anything you want to leave people with, if there's anything that you wish that I'd asked you, I know that one of the rules is I have to ask a high quality question, <laughs> but I feel like I only do okay at that. So if anybody ever has some amazing questions for you, please let me know. Um, but I was just curious, can you speak in any of your native tongue? 
and I, and I know you got to go to do something and, or it's an option, but to play some flute, because I've learned that the flute is actually magical and it can connect to like higher level beings. And I don't know if you played flute, if it would bring in magical beings. And the last thing, as I'm talking about the flute, can you please provide a link to where we can get your flute songs? Because now I know what they do and I'm all about the flute and you gave me a flute and I suck at it right now, but I'm going to get better. <laughs> you sound pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> well, um, the, the music itself, I put an album up about 27 years ago, uh, Voices of the Mountain. I don't know if that album's still out there, but I just made another album. Um, and, and I'm not Carlos Nakai. I don't play kind of music, but I play the vibrational stories in, in the flute. So that album should be coming out. Uh, I'm working with Ben Carroll right now on uh, getting that album out soon. Uh, we're going to be releasing uh, a song soon, that, like a song that just promotes part of that album. So I think uh, on that part there, that of course uh, we always need financial help with that. Is that that, that didn't um, that took some time to make, but uh, I think if you if you can get that CD, get it because it would help you understand what this vibrational language is. Thank you, my friend. I hope you're well. Um, so I do speak my language, and, um, and, and I get a chance to be home and spoke a little bit with my mom. But um, I think that uh, find out who we are. You know, If you're curious, uh, find out who we are. We don't have a book that we can tell you what the star teachings are. The, the book is you. The pages are you. The, the, the stories are you. Uh, that's, that's how we work, is that, we, that we're in, in communion, we're in the community, that we, we unite together. Uh, find out who we are, and I'd be, I'd be interested in who you are. And we, we come from a long ways away uh, to honor your request, and we would like to do that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, David, again. I'm so grateful for you and, and everything you share. And so if people want to find out more, they can go to Star Teachings on Facebook. Uh, we are looking to remedy the Star Teachings site as quickly as possible. Um, resources will make all of this easier because uh, you've been working on donations, traveling the world, and literally working tirelessly. I, I watched you work just so hard on the biodome with, with nothing. Building advanced technology, dumpster diving. It's ridiculous. The stories that I've heard as I've gone through is completely ridiculous. And this needs to be solved as quickly as possible. And I hope and I trust that it is. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Check out Star Teachings on Facebook and we'll, and we'll put in the links to what you shared and just and have an amazing day. So great to see you again. You be well. Okay, take care. All right, guys, there it is. The absolutely phenomenal David Lone Bear Senapass. Like I said, I have spent two weeks with this man in Maine and I am going back to see him again. I saw some things that were unbelievable. I posted them on Facebook, you know, technology, math, uh, pictures with the Dalai Lama, you know, spiritual teachings. He's coming here to teach us the star teachings and what he was taught by his elders, this rare knowledge um, that has been in their culture forever. And it, and it does include things that we do not understand that are not common. This isn't primitive stuff. Some of it's primitive in the sense like, yeah, you should be peaceful, but it's not, not all primitive. You know, he has got the friggin' world record for sending balloons into space. Check out the biodome project. Those videos um, so with a little bit of support for him we can get him to help build more technologies that will benefit everybody and this in the root of the 
star teachings, the first three are kindness, compassion, and happiness. And we need that happiness with ourselves because we raise our vibration and we are in a vibrational universe. So there are other tools and other things that can come from these teachings that David has access to that he is willing to share with us to the right people, to the right organizations. But we have a, we as a people need to want it. We need to support him. We need to help. And that's what I'm going to do as far as what I've seen on the earth and what people claim and what people say. Um, you know, David is so humble. He's so kind. He's so wise. And he showed me really incredible stuff that I saw with my own eyes. So, you know, I am of 100% support to him. And that's why I'm getting my butt down to Maine to see what else I can do to help those guys because, uh, really blew my mind and that was really incredible so um if you feel called and you like that episode please support him check out facebook.com forward slash star teachings uh reach out to those guys support how you can and um share this episode with your friends and those aha moments whether it's flat earth or whatever please just time code those share them on facebook and um share them with me and 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 share that aha moment because you're going to integrate the information you're going to allow others the opportunity to learn that same thing and share it within your community and you spread the word of the podcast and the good vibes if you feel like it is putting out quality information that can help people live more peaceful compassionate kind abundant uh happy loving lives and um so that's it um thanks to my podcast sponsor perium uh, just go to bit.ly forward slash activate health and activate health you get a 50 dollars gift card for whatever you want you know cbd is amazing i highly recommend people take that and supplements and everything else um, for those of you guys who want coaching, if you are looking to level up and you are serious about it or you're looking to, for a transition in your life and you want more f- fulfillment, more inner power and to create a reality you are stoked on, I am your man. So reach out for that. And if you're CEO and you're already kicking butt and you want to learn the principles and secrets of peak peak performance, Zen and really the art of like push-pull Zen mastery in business with achieving results with a powerful perspective while maintaining inner peace, which people in business really struggle with. Um, I'm also your man and any kind of athlete out there. So if you think that I can help you and you are ready to go, definitely go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and I will hook you up. Um, I think that's it. Um, Sign up for the email list over at mattbelair.com and that is all I have for today. So before we get into it or close it out, let's just do one more powerful meditation to set the intention to be loving and kind to ourselves. And if you want to take up that challenge, just do one act of kindness for a week and see what happens. Just take the actual action. Um, you know, give a couple bucks to a homeless person, uh, volunteer, give somebody, make something for somebody, hold the door open, get somebody's name, just do an act of kindness every day for seven days and see what happens get into the spiritual vibration in action okay so now this close it out for this meditation i want you to take a deep breath in through your nose setting the intention to come to a deep state of relaxation peace purpose power with your inner connection and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day Taking in one more deep breath in through your nose and this time just connecting to your inner power and make the firm decision to be loving, kind and compassionate to yourself. Setting the intention to be your number one supporter to forgive yourself for anything. And just let that breath out slowly with all the negative internal self-talk, with all the self-criticism, self-doubt, self-bashing, just letting that go as an old program. 
and taking another deep breath in through your nose and just doubling down that feeling of the firm commitment be 100% kind, compassionate, forgiving, and supportive to yourself. Just let that energy wash over as this commitment just goes into your cells and into your muscles and fibers and codes as a firm commitment. And now it is. And letting that breath out slowly with all the cares, all the self-criticisms, all the old programs, just letting them go now and just feeling that peace of being supportive, kind, and forgiving to yourself. Taking in one more deep breath in through your nose, holding that energy of peace, love, and compassion for self and sending it to all beings, wishing they have self-love, self-peace, self-compassion, inner knowing, inner forgiveness. And I'm sending you that energy, all of my love, support, forgiveness, compassion, uh, energy, whatever you need just to remember that you are whole, balanced, harmonious, full of self-love and self-worth as you are learning on this planet. So there we go. A big episode. I appreciate you guys. I love you. I support you. I wish nothing but the best for you on this planet. All this strength, energy, composure, compassion, wisdom, inner guidance just being sent to you. May you be blessed in everything that you do. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.